Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. morning I'm going to preach a message that God has been speaking to me about as always and um, I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke chapter 17 and the title of my message today is lessons learned from offense Luke 17 1 then he said to the disciples it is impossible that no offenses should come but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves if your brother sins against you. Rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he wins against you, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, And seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for your word, that your word is truth, your word is life. And Father, I pray that as I bring this word today, you would, Lord, translate it and pour it into the hearts of each one of us as we sit under the power of your word in a way that we can understand, in a way that's applicable for us. Father, as the revelation comes, let there be application for moving forward in all that you want for us to do. Father, I thank you that you will make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to bring, Lord God, your truth. And Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because it's all about you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You can't go through this life without getting offended, without receiving offence or offending someone else. Sometimes it happens on purpose, sometimes it's an unintentional thing. But that's life. And Jesus said, it is impossible that no offences should come. And that's what I want to really look at today. I want to look at offences and how it affects us and what it does to us and how we should respond to it and also how we often do respond to it and what we do with it. Um, The verb or the the noun offence in Greek is scandalon. And the definition of scandalon is the movable stick or trigger of a trap, a snare, Any impediment placed in the way that causes one to stumble or fall. Any person or thing by which one is entrapped, drawn into error or sin. We're taught that the giving of offence is a tool of the enemy. It's something that the enemy uses to bring people into captivity. It's something he uses to cause us to think without the mind of Christ. It causes us to respond in a way that's not always pleasing to God. It causes us to be reactive rather than proactive in some of the things that happen. So let's dig a little this morning. Jesus said to the disciples, it's impossible that no offences should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. 
And Jesus made it clear that it's impossible to live in this world and not have the opportunity, and it is an opportunity, to become offended or to offend. Yet most of us, when we're offended, when someone hurts us or wounds us, we're shocked, we're bewildered, um, we're amazed that this happens, especially when it's within your own family or within the family of God. It's like, how did this even happen? You're not very Christian. And then we put on our pious face like that. <laughs> but it's life, isn't it? And humanity is imperfect. We serve a perfect God, but we are all works in progress and we need to continue to allow God to mould us and make us and shape us into the image of what he wants to do in us and through us. And in doing that, we can make the main thing the main thing and not become distracted or sidetracked with what is happening around us. In this life, we've got to expect that we're going to get hurt, we're going to give offence, and we're going to receive offence. And it's the nature of humanity, as I said. Sometimes the closer that we are to people, the more vulnerable we become because we let down barriers, we let down our guards with people that we love. And so when offence comes, or if you're spending a lot of time with someone, if you're in a, in a relationship with someone, or if you've got kids that you relate to or workmates, then the more time that you spend with them, the more opportunity there is for offence to come. And I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly, but that's just life. It's just how it is. People rub up against each other. It's the principle of stone against stone. When stones rub up against stones, sometimes the sparks fly. But what happens with those stones rubbing against stones is that they become smooth and they become... Um, beautiful stones that can form foundations in people's lives and the church is no different from that. As stone rubs against stone, we need the oil of the Holy Spirit and the water of, his, of God's word to water it down. You know, when someone is grinding a stone, they pour water on it so that the sparks don't fly. And that's a principle in God as well, that when we're dealing with things, when we are rubbing up against things that are causing sparks to fly, we need the water of God's word. We need the power of his Holy Spirit to minister to us and through us so that whatever we're doing, we can do it in love and in grace and in humility in him. Amen? The more you love, the more vulnerable you become. He who loves much has the capacity to love much but also to be hurt as well. Sometimes offences are direct. Sometimes someone speaks a word and it feels like you've been slapped up the side of the head. <laughs> sometimes they're direct and sometimes purposeful but sometimes... It's a case of misunderstanding. Sometimes those categories fall into intentional or perceived. Those who are treated unjustly, sometimes someone's done a number on you and you're really hurt, you're really wounded or you're really offended. Or your perception is you've been treated unjustly and you've taken offence from that. You've either taken wrong information and processed it incorrectly or right information and processed it incorrectly. Sometimes the information is right but your conclusion can be distorted and that can be through any number of things. You might be tired, you might be ill, you might have had yeah just one slap too many and it sometimes appears as the straw that broke the camel's back. But for example 
you know, if someone comes up to you and says, I've had this said to me, you're looking well, you've put on a bit of weight. And the intent is to encourage <laughs> and just say you're doing well, but I receive it as that's a, that's a fail. You're calling me fat. <laughs> and sometimes what they're saying as an encouragement is received as a criticism, something that you take to heart because it's something that maybe is an area of potential weakness in you or vulnerability within you. And that's just a silly example. But that's how offence comes sometimes. It's a case of perception. And I always find when someone says something to me I, and I'm not sure what they mean, I'll, I'll bring my words into practice. What do you mean? So what you're saying is, why, why did you say that? And who are you talking about? So use your work words. It's a very, very simple thing that you can do so that you can um, uncover the intent that the person is bringing towards you. What, you know, for example, if someone says you're looking well, do you mean I didn't look well last week? What was wrong with me? <laughs> Why didn't you like what I was wearing? You know, all of those kind of things. It's as simple as that. Whereas if you say to them, do you really think so? You know, why do you say that? Do you think I've been looking a little whatever, you know? So dig, dig a little, search a little. Don't walk away with the question mark in your head so that you have this uh, downward descending spiral of questions about what that person's intent was. And instantly when you start to ask those questions, you know whether the intent is to wound you or to hurt you because mostly it's not. But our perception is the area that we need to really work on. So, I know you can all tell me a story about hurt and words spoken. But the result can be an understanding which is very, very darkened. We can judge by assumption. We can judge by appearance or hearsay. In other words, we can assume that what someone is saying or their behaviour that is coming across is not exactly what they're meaning to. But sometimes it is. Sometimes what they're saying is, I don't like you. <laughs> Sometimes what they're saying is, I don't agree with the decision you've made. Sometimes what they're saying is, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Sometimes what they're saying is, get away from me, you know, you religious person. You know, it could be any manner or number of things. And this is the life that we live, especially when we work in a secular environment and we're bringing our faith just by being in just by being in the place, you're bringing the faith and the life and the love of God into that place. Sometimes it's a question of um, light versus dark. And we can rub people up the wrong way just by being Christians, whether we say anything or not. But the result can be hurt. The result can be... It can affect us in a way that we draw back so much that we can basically negate ourselves from anything that God wants to do in us and through us. Psalm 51 says, search your own heart. Search your heart. So often we ask God, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within us. And I think that's a prayer that we should be praying daily, especially at the end of each day when we've gone through some stuff. Lord, create in me a clean heart. We can ask the question also, what does God want me to do with this? God's allowed this to be said to me or this attitude to be reflected at me. 
What does God want me to do with this? What am I to learn from this experience? Sometimes it's a case of we have to take responsibility for our own actions because sometimes what's being said is absolutely true. We need to pull ourselves up a bit. So if we own our actions and adjust our behaviour and release it to God and release forgiveness to the person who has caused us to start this process of reflection and introspection, when we do that, we can leave the rest to God. He said, you know, better that no offence come, but if we don't release forgiveness, it's like putting a millstone around someone's neck because you build yourself into a wall made of your own hurt, misunderstanding. But how does it work? For those of us who've been Christians a very long time, we sometimes become a little blinded to the subtlety of the enemy, or the subtlety of the trap that's set before us. Is that right? Yeah. Sometimes there's pride associated with it and sometimes it can hinder us from functioning properly in the things that God's given us to do. It can be, become a barrier to perceiving things correctly. It can be a lens that we put on that we see everything through instead of looking through the lens of God's grace and God's life and God's great graciousness to others and his heart for everyone to know him and to know his truth. Sometimes it can be, we can have rose-coloured glasses on and see everything is rosy, but that's not right either. We need to see through the lens that God would have on us so that we can see the truth for what it is. We can see the reality for what it is, but then we bring it through the filter of our spirit, through our heart, and see what God wants to do through that. See that there are things that we need to work on. We are works in progress. There are things in our lives that maybe are a hindrance to other people and sometimes it's something we can do something about but sometimes it's not sometimes it's something that God is working in the other person's life so we don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody else but we've got to walk in obedience to what God is showing us and not be an offense to someone else where's it come from it's come from life life does it when someone is close to you or another Christian, or an acquaintance. You know, sometimes we can get home at the end of the day and say, I've had a really rough day. I really don't like what I'm doing. I really don't like my work. I really don't like the school. I don't like, you know, the things I'm going through. I like, don't like having to deal with this. You know, my favourite thing at the end of the day is, well, God, have I done what you wanted me to do? And if I feel a check in my spirit, what is it I've, I've fallen down on? What is it you want me to adjust? What is it you want me to make good? Lord, search my heart. Search me. Search me and see if there's anything in me that is an offence to you or to those around me. And if I have offence, taken offence from someone, someone's upset me, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them from my heart. And it's not just a feeling, it's a choice. We choose whether we forgive or not. Psalm 55, 12 to 14 says, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng.'" 
And then Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like the bars of a castle. You see, an offended brother or sister is harder to win than a fortified city, this proverb says. And what is that? The strong cities had strong walls built around them. They safeguarded themselves with the walls and the city's walls were their assurance of protection. And sometimes we build walls around ourselves to keep people away, to keep people at arm's length, to stop them from hurting us. We've had enough. We're not going to put up with this anymore. Or is it just me? We become selective. You too. <laughs> we come, become selective in our choice of things we do, people that we associate with, denying entry, for fear that people are going to hurt us or criticise us or wound us, we withdraw and we build those walls around us. And, you know, there's a season for everything. Sometimes we need to retreat. We need to build a wall around so that we can become strong again in God. Sometimes we need to take that backward step to assess my responsibility, their responsibility, bring it to God, allow God to work through those things. But you don't stay locked behind that fortified city. You walk out, you open the gate, you open the doors, you walk out and you move beyond the security of the natural into the security of the supernatural in God and you allow him to lead you, you allow him to guide you, you allow him to dictate your day, your life, your motive, your agenda and everything that he wants to do in you. Because if we are holding offence as a church, if we are holding offence and we're backbiting and having a go at people or, or gossiping or doing any of those things, then we are not making the main thing the main thing. We are not focusing outwards and what God wants us to do. We're becoming insular and isolated and, and just becoming distracted from what God wants us to do. So we've got to continually search our heart. And sometimes you just feel a check in your spirit when you come across someone or something or a circumstance. And it's a matter then of looking inside, Lord, what is this? What is it you're wanting to show me? What is it you're wanting me to adjust? What is it you're wanting me to do in this? Is this my responsibility or do I just release it to you and trust you to work through those circumstances? And so often it is that. But sometimes we've got to just, well, always we've got to listen to the voice of God. But sometimes, who, who can relate to that? You just get this click in your spirit when something happens, you think, this is not right. Why? Well, I ask God the work questions. Why is this happening, Lord? What do you want me to do? Who is this affecting? How can I move forward from this? And God will never be silent when we ask those questions of him. So we build ourselves into a prison and sometimes some of the scenarios that you might be able to relate to, you probably can't because you're all wonderful. But sometimes we say, something's happened to hurt us. And they say, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Because we know in our Christian walk that it's wrong to be offended. So we deny it and we repress it. And sometimes pride will mask the true condition of my heart and stop me from dealing with the truth. And what will that do? It's going to distort my vision. It's going to distort how I see things. Like I said about putting a wrong lens on. You've got to see through the eyes of the Spirit. You've got to see the way God wants us to see in what's happening in our lives. It'll disable us from function. 
as God wants us to. It's like that bonsai plant. You get your roots snipped off and you get your, your foliage chopped down and you remain bonsai and muted and lacking in growth because you have not, because you've been snipped off, but you've got to get out of that bonsai pot and allow the roots to go down deep into the water of the word of God and allow the foliage to reach up. And that's through praise and it's through worship and it's in the word of God and it's in acknowledging I am a sinner saved by grace. And so is everybody else that calls themselves a Christian. But the world works to a different standard. And so we, we deal with the world in a way that we don't deal with in our church family and yet we show the love and then we take the hurt to God. We show the love, we take the hurt to God. And there is a time where we need to stand up and say, this is not okay. This is not okay. I'm sorry you feel this way, but it's not okay that we keep going this way. Because these things become barriers. They can make us angry. And if we keep suppressing it, saying, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, we become like one of those proverbial pressure cookers. You're pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. One of these days, the screw on the top of the pressure cooker is going to pop and it's going to burst. And what a mess then to clean up. It's far better to keep a short account of things with God so that we can deal with things as they occur. Always in love always in love it can make us defensive it can make us aggressive it can put us in denial and denial will keep us from understanding because it changes our heart and God wants us to have soft hearts hearts that are open to what he wants to do in us and through us so how are we going to respond to that Denial says it doesn't exist or it doesn't bother me. Anger will build that wall around us because we don't want or we feel like we can't take any more pain, any more suffering, any more hurt, any more misunderstanding because sometimes the things you say, you say in perfect innocence with a pure heart and yet it's not perceived that way. We can be religious and bless them to get on with God's will all the time, hoping that they're going to fall down. Too honest? <laughs> it's true. We can say, oh, I bless you, I forgive you, but then in your heart you're going, mm, you'll get yours. So that sounds vengeful, but you see, this is the fruit of unforgiveness. This is the fruit of offence if we don't deal with it. I know nobody here has to deal with this, but I'm preaching myself happy today. We self-justify. Don't they know about this and that that's going on in my life? Don't they get it? Haven't they taken into consideration what I'm doing, what I'm having to deal with? We self-justify. Haven't they learned yet? Haven't I learned yet? We'll get to Jesus in a minute. Then there's criticism and there's gossip. Talking about things, telling others and making it a prayer point. Let's pray about this. This person said this to me and that person said that and I think they're doing this. And No, you take it to God in your prayer closet. You take it to God in your prayer closet and allow God to minister through your prayers. There's jealousy, there's insecurity, there's criticism... 
And all of these are symptoms of the snare that Jesus said, it's a snare, it's an offence, a scandal on. It's a snare and a trap to get us caught in so that we are distracted and so busy dealing with how we're feeling that we forget what God is feeling for this lost world and what he wants to do in us and through us. God's answer is forgiveness and repentance. 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26. Servant of the Lord must not quarrel. And that's not just ministers of the Lord. We are all servants of the Lord. Must not quarrel but be gentle to all. Able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God will perhaps grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. You see, if we don't pull ourselves into line, then we are playing into the playing field of the enemy. Offence can make us view ourselves as the victim, and sometimes we are. Sometimes dreadful things have happened to us. Sometimes terrible things have happened to us, and we can... We are the victim of what's happened. But being a victim and remaining a victim is a choice. Being a victim is acknowledging, yes, this really bad stuff has happened to me and it was never meant to happen in God's will. It was never meant to be the plan, God's plan A for me. Perhaps it was, I'm not even going to go there. It was never meant to be in God. But remaining a victim is a choice. We get to choose. When I'm a child, I speak as a child, I think as a child. But when I grow up, I put childish things away from me, childish thoughts away from me, immature thoughts, immature attitudes away. I allow my mind to be washed with the word of God so that our mind is as the mind of Christ for our situation because he washes us with his word. He shows us a higher way. Seeking him on a higher, higher degree of prayer and worship so that whatever is happening in our lives, we can just leave it at the foot of the cross. We can forgive. We can ask forgiveness if we are the ones that have done the dreadful things. And we still have to deal with the consequences of what's happened because that's the natural world we live in. But we get to choose whether or not we forgive a choice. So sometimes we just hold back that forgiveness when the best thing we could ever do is release it. Go to the person we've hurt. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. The person that's hurt me, I forgive you. And sometimes we're holding unforgiveness to God for some of the stuff that's happened. That's a tough one. Why did this happen? God, why did you allow this to happen to me? I can tell you right now, some of the answers we're not going to know this side of eternity, but we will one day and we'll stand before him and we'll know all things and we'll understand that the tapestry that looks like a mess from underneath is actually a beautiful picture that God is, is putting together and we're part of it and each one of us are part of it. And when we go to be with Jesus, every tear from every eye will be wiped. But we don't want to cry those tears here on this plane. 
when it's something that we can do something about, when it's an issue that was within our power to release to God, release that forgiveness. And so if we're holding unforgiveness to God, Lord God, I ask you to forgive me. I'm holding you at arm's length. I open my heart to you now. Come in, adjust me, make me totally aligned with your will and your word. Life does some pretty rough things at times, doesn't it? But God is good and we can trust him in everything we do. Two more scriptures on snares. Psalm 38, 12. Those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and planned deception all the day long. Psalm 124, verse 7. Our soul has escaped, I love this, as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped and we have because Jesus has paid the price. Like Kathy said in her communion, the price has been paid in full. The snare, the trap has been broken through the blood of Jesus. We have escaped and we choose to stay in freedom in God. In Galatians 5, Paul talks about you know someone getting in and cutting off your race. You are running the race so well. Who held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God for he is the one who called you to freedom. And then it goes on about false teaching and then it says in verse 13, if you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Interesting, isn't it? So often, so often we can fall into that trap and yet God says, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love your neighbour the way God wants you to. We've got to see ourselves the way God sees us. And when we get a true picture of the love that God has for us and understand that that love is not because of our perfection, but because of God's, we can then understand that we are fearfully, wondrously made and God's plan for us is a perfect plan in an imperfect world. We can then love each other because God first loved us. So offence is the entry point. Bitterness comes, but the answer is always found in Jesus, in his forgiveness. In releasing forgiveness to others, in releasing forgiveness to ourselves, sometimes you're like, man, I've messed up again. I'm no good for this. I can't do this. Sometimes you just got to pick yourself up one more time, get back on the bike, keep riding, keep going. First Peter 1, 6 to 8. God, you see, God's going to give us the strategy in moving forward for it. God will give us the keys and the strategies as we seek him for the future. What our past has been, we can leave behind. It's under the blood. Some of the consequences of our past we've got to deal with day by day. But knowing we're forgiven through the blood of Jesus, we can move forward in victory, knowing that God has that perfect plan for us. 1 Peter 1, 6-8, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved 
by various trials. Who's had trials? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honour and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, God refines. He allows things to happen through trials, through afflictions, through tribulation, through the heat that gets turned up. And that's so that if we're being refined as gold, the dross is going to come to the service. The dross is the rubbish. And that can be scooped off as we allow that fire of affliction. If we don't run away from it, if we face it head on, God, what are you wanting to do in me through this? What are you wanting to say to me through this? What are you wanting me to do through this? How am I going to reflect you in, in whatever you want me to, to do through the trial, through the affliction, through the suffering that I'm going through? God, how can I be the best me that you want me to be? Allow that affliction, allow the fire, allow the heat to get turned up. Because when that dross is scooped off, you know, gold, once it's refined, it never becomes impure again. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Little science fact for you. <laughs> and the answer always Jesus. Jesus always. In the parable of the unforgiving servant. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. In other words, you never stop forgiving. Never stop forgiving. Does that mean that you continue front up to that situation and that person so that you can get slapped again? No, because God will give you the strategy. He'll, go, he'll show you the way to, to move. And he, we also know that there are seasons in God. So whatever is, is, is happening in your life right now, it may be that it's a transition into a new season. And sometimes those new seasons bring you into a new place, a new time, new friends, new, new revelation in God. So you've got to understand that as we walk in him and as we allow him to pour his grace into our lives, we can continue to forgive, but he will give us the strategy so that we are also protected in him from the snare of the enemy. We need to walk in the love of God and see others as God sees them. You see, you can know everything you need to know in your world. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up or edifies, the word says. So let's look at Jesus, and then I'm going to finish. Jesus on the cross. He hung on that cross for you and for me, because he was sinless. So he took upon himself every sin that was ever committed, every sin that ever will be committed, and he hung on that cross. He was falsely accused. He was the sinless son of God. Kathy read this morning, he was despised and rejected. 
And he took upon himself the death that we deserved. He didn't hang on that cross saying, I didn't do anything, it wasn't my fault. He took it upon himself as the son of God, as God in the flesh. He took it because of his great love for us. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's grace in perfection. The price he paid for us. And that price has been paid for us for all of the hurt, all of the offence done to us or we've done, all the sin, all the shame, all of our guilt, our past. He did it because of his love. You see, it's not difficult to obey when you know the character and love of the one that you're serving and loving. And his name is Jesus. When things are happening to us, we need to say, Lord Jesus, what would you do? Show me how to move through this. Let me function in your grace. Let me know your love for this person and what they're going through. Sometimes we've got to dig below the surface to understand that the person that might be upsetting us is actually going through their own battles, their own trials, their own tribulations and doesn't make it right but to see with the eyes of Jesus and the understanding and the heart of God. He places us in a whole another realm. It gives us that place where we can be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, interceding, that prayer will break the power of the enemy in our lives. That God's plan through it all is still perfect. He's still a good God. But if that love isn't firmly in place, the love of God is a foundation that we can build our lives on and build our church and build our community with. Next Sunday, we're going to be bringing the vision of the church and you're going to see some of the things that we've got planned for the year that's ahead we want to firmly build on the foundation of the love of God and the grace of God to make a difference in our world and make the main thing the main thing. Not falling into the trap of the enemy, not falling into the pit that is prepared for us to ensnare us and stop us from doing what God wants. And it's a choice. It's a choice. But the first thing we need to do is to know that Jesus is our Saviour and our Lord. And if we haven't made that decision to receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, we're going to do it right now and then we're going to pray. So let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, your love for us is so intense and so great. Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to show us the things that we need to be dealing with to lead us and guide us and shape us and make us and take us into those paths that you've set before us. Father, I thank you today that for those that don't yet know you, that they can call upon the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive my sin. Be my saviour. Be my Lord. Take my life and make something of me. Lord, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully made. I'm wondrously made. You know everything that I've done. But God, I ask your forgiveness right now. 
And I ask you, Lord God, to make me the person that you have destined that I would be and that I would follow you all the days of my life, serving you all the days of my life in grace and in your goodness and in your love. And I thank you that you are now my saviour and I am now your child. I commit myself into your hands in the name of Jesus. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, please contact us and we'd love to help you and resource you. But for those of us who already know God, there's things that we can do to move forward from offence. Firstly, don't nurse it. Don't hold on to it. Don't curse it. Don't rue the day that it happened. Don't go over it and rehearse it. Don't go over it and, and say, I should have said this or I should have said that. Release it to God. Disperse it to God. Give it to God. Release it and do the things that God wants you to do, whether it's you making good or just releasing that forgiveness that you need to. And when you do that, God reverses it because he takes you out of the prison that you have built around your heart. So, Father, I ask right now for all of us that have been hurt or are hurting, Lord, that you would show us the strategy and the way to release forgiveness and to move forward in what you have for us. Lord, that we would look to you, Father God, that as we choose forgiveness this day, we choose not to take offence. We choose this day to keep our eyes on you and keep our hearts soft to you and keep loving you, that your love would flow through us, that we would see with the eyes of faith, we would see with grace and we would walk as obedient servants to you. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that as we choose to forgive today, it's a choice, not a feeling. I choose to forgive. I choose to release. And I choose to trust you today, Lord God, that as I've done everything I need to, Lord, you will take care of all of the result, all of the consequences. I choose this day to walk and take responsibility for my part, and then I choose to trust you with everything else. Lord, I thank you that you made the world out of chaos. Father, you're going to order the chaos in our lives so that we can be world changers. God, I praise you and thank you. Give you all the praise and all the glory for the power of your word at work in this house and online today. And I thank you in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.